What's up, party people? Welcome to Lords of the Long Box, episode 123, a special episode we like to call Lords of the Blast Doors. Oops. That's right. This is the purple pimp lightsaber from Mace Windu. This special episode, we're going to be talking a lot about Star Wars. It's all about them wars, son. So uh, we got a special guest that's going to be joining us today, our friend David from Beyond the Blast Doors. So let me say what's up to everybody in the live chat for hanging out with us. Uh, High Road Comics, formerly the Comic Chief. I don't know why you changed the name, but welcome back. High Road Comics, Comic Dude, uh, Daniel Labara, Randy Sloan. If you guys are coming over from uh, the Comic Top one-on-one channel, welcome aboard. A uh, man, Dark Side Jedi, couldn't make it today, but uh, David was, was not kind enough, and I told him that we would either go on his show or he'd go on our show as soon as the episode nine a title was released, and we're going to get to all that good stuff. But first, let me introduce my fellow panel members. Otto from the Grotto. Say what's up to the good people. What is up, everybody? It's Wednesday night, man. I am so stoked to be here right now. It's great to have everybody in the live chat. It's great to have everybody around. We had a weekend full of Star Wars. I can't wait to hear what Dave has to say about it. And uh, we've got great comic news. So, everybody, you're in for some good comic talk for the next hour and 75 minutes. So, that's all. Awesome. Thank you much for I don't joining. Know about all that. I'm starving, man. Right. <laughs> so, we got my man, Justin, a.k.a. Nemesis Prime. Say what's up. Yeah, what's going on, everybody? It's Wednesday night. I'm so excited to have David from uh, Beyond the Blast Doors. The force is strong with this podcast tonight, guys. <laughs> That's right. Yes, it is. And the aforementioned from Beyond the Blast Doors, friend of the show, uh, one-time loser of Fanboy Fight Club, to Otto <laughs> when he was repping Star Trek. We'll have to run that back again one day since David was a little nervous the first time. But David, say what's up to everybody in the pet. I want to clarify. I was not nervous. I, I firmly believe. I, I bested Otto, but that's okay because it created Uh-oh. created a great friendship. Uh, no, no, that's guys, all, you just, know. I was go just going to say it's so awesome that we're here, we're sitting here at the same place, you know, and I think that's one of the best things that came about of of the whole thing of this whole community. So it's awesome to be sitting here talking about this again. It's wonderful, and I just appreciate you guys bringing me on the show. I cannot tell you how much fun I had in Chicago this past weekend at Star Celebration, and and I'm not going to get into it right now. I promise. I'm just I cannot tell you how great of an experience it was, and I cannot wait to dive into all this stuff. There is just too much to discuss in an hour, so we'll do our best. Yeah, so. and David is at the uh, news desk over there. You know, he's a part-time, uh, you know, member of the cast of Anchorman, so he's gonna be rocking. He's he's really uh, dressed quite nicely. We look like schlubs compared to him. But uh, <laughs> shout out to Credo seventy nine, Atlas twelve seventy four, screw screw gun. Um, uh, he says hi guys. Had to bail on. Tom to come and see what's up with you guys. We, we appreciate you bailing on Tom. Forget him and remember us. I'm just kidding. Shout out to Atomic Tom 101 doing his show on Wednesday. You got us right after him and then right after us you got the Comic Core Unlimited. Uh, boys and girls, there was a ton of news. We were off last week but we threw you guys up with a uh, uh, what I like to call Lords of Longbox Rewind. It wasn't really uh, I don't like to call them reruns because I thought the episode that we showed last week was uh, beneficial. We have a lot of new viewers and if you haven't seen it, I showed uh, our friend, uh, the big to do, who owns a comic shop, he he basically just went and because I seen lots of misinformation on YouTube um, about comic variants and the ordering system. So we went and took a very touchy subject at the time, which was the lenticular variants. Uh, so it was about two years ago, but it's still all those rules apply now. So you got a nice little rerun episode last week, but we're coming at you live. Uh, and this week was um, in between time that we were gone. Uh, tons of news dropped. First, you know, obviously the Star Wars stuff, but also last week was the um, the Disney investor um, kind of conference call they had that they live streamed as well. 
And, you know, basically Disney announced a bunch of stuff, man. And we're going to get to that first. Um, uh, we're not going to talk about Shazam. I don't think we have time for that. But, you know, maybe if we have time up to in an hour and a half from now, we'll probably give you our quick grades on Shazam. I think we all seen it. Um, but basically, uh, Disney's investor holder, they had a, um, uh, their, their investor call. Uh, and some of the big things out of it was, it seems like we've been talking about it forever now, but we finally got confirmation of four shows on uh, the Disney streaming channel. Um, Falcon and a Winter Soldier, uh, Scarlet Witch and Vision, which is actually called WandaVision, uh, Loki, and why does the other one escape me, Otto? Help me out here. Oh, uh, Vision Wanda, Hawkeye, right? Oh, um, Hawkeye. That's the one we didn't yes, run out. That's right. right. So all the speculation that's been built up about uh, you know, Kate Bishop and all that, Kate Bishop is going to be, I don't know if she's going to be in Avengers Endgame, but Kate Bishop is going to be in the Hawkeye uh, solo series. And this is all, these are all mini series. So think of these like a four issue limited mini series, right? So you got all these are limited series, but what's cool about these, these are firmly entrenched in the MCU. Out of those four shows, what are you guys most, what are you guys most anticipating? What, what about you, Otto? What say you? You know, I'm going to start off. I um, I like Loki. <laughs> I'm excited for Loki. I think uh, Tom Hiddleston did a great job as that character. I'm always a fan of the anti-hero slash villain. I'm curious to see what they do with his character. And um, yeah, I'm excited for that. So I'm excited for all of them. But I think Loki is, you know, to bring Asgard and that mythos back. And just to talk about maybe some ancillary characters that have gone deep into to the journey and mis journey of the mystery storyline and all the Asgardians and everything like that. I think that's really what I'm excited for. What about you, Justin? Uh, I, I'm actually excited more for uh, Winter Soldier and Falcon. I mean, I think that show is going to be definitely high into like the militaristic stuff, you know, stealth. So, I mean, you're going to see Winter Soldier just. I think it's going to be the funniest it. too, because Anthony oh, yeah. Mackie is a good comedic actor, and they say it's going to be like a buddy cop film. Uh, exactly. I mean, yeah. What we don't know is the timelines of one of these take place. Either pre-snap, or I mean, everything nowadays is either pre-snap or post-snap, kind of like football, right? I mean, it's a pre-snap foul or a post-snap penalty nowadays what about you david what are you interested in those four marvel projects that are coming to the disney streaming service probably loki because everyone says he's dead and that's why i had to think yeah that's <laughs> definitely it's definitely a prequel that one is loki but but maybe it's not i mean we don't know what happens here in, in avengers endgame I mean, we have no idea what's going to happen in when we see this movie in a couple of weeks so honestly for me i do think the falcon winter soldier one will be my favorite but i'm going to say because of sebastian stan i think he is an underappreciated actor right now in hollywood i think this guy has the potential to own hollywood in the next five to eight years kind of in this realm i think he needs to break out obviously the star wars peeps think that he would make a great uh younger luke skywalker uh because you know side by side he and mark hamill look pretty similar but like what you said that buddy cop uh approach to that show is going to be very enticing, I think, for a lot of fans who are going to consume this Disney Plus content. But I, I do think Loki is the one that I'm excited for the most because uh, we think we know a lot about Loki at this point in the timeline, but we really don't. And any opportunity to have more Tom Hiddleston is really exciting, especially for this franchise, because I think the MCU, one of its greatest strengths is consistently it's brought in top tier talent to, to bring you these characters to the big screen. And I think it's another reason why... A lot more people are taking the MCU seriously, why it's been taken more seriously over the last 10 and a half years or so. And I think that's why we're going to see more of these movies recognized when you watch the Oscars, uh, when you watch these other award shows in later years. I mean, I think what Black Panther has done is just a stepping stone for a much larger world. 
as, as far as it, it goes for these MCU movies and the award show. So, yeah. And what's pumped. interesting is what Marvel has done is they've taken, even the director of, of uh, Shang-Chi was a very, uh, highly regarded indie filmmaker. If you think about uh, even the director of the Eternals, not these big, they're moving away from guys like, uh, you know, even on the DC side, right? You know, what Anna DuVernay doing, uh, the uh, New Gods film. And, you know, they're hatching up these young directors that have, you know, they're not staying away from Zack Snyder, probably the Russo brothers after this, they may do something else. Cause you know, I think after a while they get burned out. So my answer is kind of a trick answer cause the question wasn't asked yet, but I am looking forward to the what if series and we finally got uh word of what if the first what if series or excuse me episode is going to be animated and it's going to be what if peggy carter took the super soldier serum and That's it's going to be played by the same actress and what's cool about this is if anybody who's read what if and we're all huge fans of what if when what if happens because of that, it's almost like an alternate timeline, right? If the butterfly effect, something happens, yeah. it affects something else. So because she becomes Captain America, Captain, what happens to Steve Rogers? Well, in the description, they say Steve Rogers gets the Iron Man suit from Howard Stark and becomes Iron Man. So Steve Rogers be, main, be, remains this puny kind of skinny guy that couldn't get into the military but then howard stark hooks him up and say hey i'm gonna give you the iron man suit so we're gonna see a version of a skinny tony uh skinny uh you know steve rogers, steve rogers. I, I doubt it'd be chris evans he's too yoked to play that role now i wonder if they can you know have they de-age people if they get demuscle people with technology well that's how they <laughs> did the original uh captain america wasn't it didn't they have right. um um yeah. did they use that tech on him to shrink him down because he was already jacked for that yeah, first that's film. true yeah, but yeah. Well, never mind. Um, it's animated, so they can do whatever the hell they so want. They can do but whatever they want. Oh, yeah, good point. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But it's but will they that. sign on and be the voices though? You know, I you hope know, Chris they get Evans. Chris Evans it's it's, it's a thirty-minute episode. It's based. It's Kevin Feige is producing. I'm pretty sure if he asks him for a little favor, he'll do it. You yeah. know what I'm saying? Chris Evans loves playing Captain America. You know, I, I mean, he. I mean, we're not gonna talk about Endgame. Is fucking nine days away. Jesus, crazy. <laughs> crazy man crazy. i'm already thinking about the ways that i cannot go pee during this because i right. guarantee you man i pee at least once in every fucking movie i that's why i see him twice i just can't help it i'm 47 years old god damn it drinking a, what do you want to do? Well, need a bottle I'm, and a tube i'm not yeah. gonna bring any drinks in maybe i don't know man i'm really thinking they, they need to put porta potties inside the theater yeah hey i want to give a shout out right now high roads comics says my favorite uh my favorite comic podcast with my favorite star wars podcast he goes this is winning mother refers so shout out to high road you comics can say motherfuckers we're that type yeah. of show feel far and filth all you want god darn yeah, it there we go that's um, awesome so what's interesting also about um this disney announcement is the kind of uh ripple effects that went throughout the industry so uh, if you case you didn't know disney streaming service uh disney plus is going to be based price point of six dollars and 99 cents a month that's a whole dollar less than dc universe and you're getting pixar marvel uh star wars all the Disney library, all the Fox properties they own for yep. $6.99 a month, man. So when this was announced, Netflix stock dropped big time because, you know, now it's like, you know, the Marvel's trying to take over the world and, and effects. And in effect, there's some news that came out today, which I'm still trying to find out, figure out what's going on with Swamp Thing. But the right. word is that Swamp Thing got shortened and they don't know what the future is. And, you know, my view is 
DC Universe needs to just get rid of it and then uh, and encapsulate it into the Warner Brothers new streaming service because Warner Brothers is coming out with a streaming service. It doesn't make any sense at all for their uh, as a buyer of their product that you have to spend money on both the Warner Brothers streaming service and the DC Universe. It doesn't make any sense, but that's how powerful this Disney was. Um, and another thing which I want to bring up, uh, and it's not that much more, but these were kind of huge nuggets of news. And Feige has been dropping little interviews here and left and right. So the most common question is what's going to happen with the Silver Surfer or Fantastic Four and the X-Men properties going forward now that uh, Marvel owns them? And Feige has a five-year plan, as he always does, and they probably do not include the X-Men. And you know what? I have no problem with that, man. Let right. them tell their stories. Don't force it in. You know what I'm saying? What do you, I mean? What do you think? I don't mean just take their time with yeah. it. They got a lot of stories to tell. Yeah, you got a lot of stories to tell. You got your time. So we already know that, you know, um, this next phase, phase four, the five-year plan, we're going to have Panther 2, Doctor Strange 2. We're going to have, uh, what am I missing, guys? We're going to have the Eternals and we're going to have Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi. So you're looking at Black Widow. Yeah. So Black Widow, right? So you're looking at five years, five movies, maybe one more. And then, then, then at some point, though, towards the end of this, they will start to introduce mutants in a Fantastic Four. So let's say in, in Feige, we trust, right? We say that. I've been saying that for day one. In Feige, we trust. He knows about this. He's set the groundwork. So let's see how where the Eternals takes us. Let's see where, you know, Doctor Strange 2 takes us, and we'll see where it goes. But I'm okay with it for now. Just own the property and do it right. What sucks is for us old guys. We ain't getting any younger days. I know we're not. I mean, Justin, I mean, I like we've talked on the show ad nauseum. I, you know, the X Men universe is just too big, and you know, quite honestly, we don't know what's going to happen with Dark Phoenix. But I think five years or whenever, two, three, four years down the road, let them ease their way into with the storytelling. Don't force anything, and it kind of lets the X Men characters and the actors who played them kind of, you know kind of get pushed back into memory right so, right fade you know, out fade yeah let them fade out right just right justin yeah i mean you, you're gonna have the, the phase four it's been announced we already know all the movies i mean maybe at san diego comic-con this year they'll announce what's you know what's their timeline as more movies and if not you're gonna have next year san diego comic-con or even when they do their marvel press conference of what's coming out so I mean, I'm completely fine with the X-Men stuff because, uh, you know, we've had great movies with First Class, with Dark Phoenix coming up and everything in between. So, I mean, now let's, yeah, like you said, push everything back, put it to the side, and then just gradually introduce them. You know, how they're going to introduce them, no one knows, but I mean, I'm sure they'll do it right. So that's why they do need that time because they've already built out this plan for the next five years. And and David, you, you work in media. So, I mean, just from just... Uh, a novice understanding of business and entertainment like we have you much have much more than i do it doesn't make sense for warner brothers to split hairs on their streaming services right i meant uh they have it across two platforms disney has everything under one roof and they're offering it for a dollar less right as an investor of the company you would think wait a second why are we doing this well it's brand confusion i think that's what disney's trying to eliminate or marvel more specifically and so I think from that same point, it makes all the sense. Um, but from Warner Brothers' perspective? Well, and I I think it's the same thing, though. I mean, they, you want to have your you want to have ownership of your own property, right? Yeah. So from the Warner Brothers' perspective, they're going to have their own streaming service for all the stuff that's owned by Warner Brothers, right? So I think we talk about Harry Potter, 
um there's looney, some other, tunes. looney tunes there's a lot of straight stuff but then why would you know people are starting to get you know you got to pay for hulu you got to pay for disney plus you got to pay for netflix amazon prime and then warner brothers are going to say you got to pay for dc universe and then you got to pay this and here's the thing they can't even stream their CW shows because the CW shows are on Netflix. So Netflix still has those. So, you know, they can't do it. So hopefully, because right now, if you buy DC Universe, you're watching Doom Patrol and, right. uh, and the, and the uh, Young Justice and, and maybe some old episodes. But as far as new content, I mean, you know, they, I think they got to ramp it up or get rid of it. I, I think, like, he, like David said, brand confusion on the side of Warner Brothers is I think all the different Warner heads of, different divisions of Warner Brothers, they're all playing separate to each other, right? Kind of mm -hmm. like the CW DC world has really no ties at all to the DC EU. So, you know, let's hope the news about Swamp Thing is not accurate and that Swamp Thing is going to get, you know, made. There was a picture that dropped on it. I don't know how good the picture of Swamp Thing is, uh, you know, compared mm -hmm. to the version in the 80s with Adrian Bardo. Oh, man. Oh, Barbo? Adrian Bardo. Adrian Bardo. Bardo. Oh, <laughs> it's okay. Um, Oh, just oh. give me give me season two of Titans is where I want to go with this, <laughs> and then we'll see what happens. I, I really need season two of Titans to happen. So yeah, I think the, the point that you brought up, though, I think it's really important to mention the fact that Warner Brothers having their own streaming service is just one more entity that's going to take a part of your dollar. And I think that we, we learned over the weekend with Disney Plus is that is going to change the entire game because mm -hmm. of how cheap it's going to be from the get go. I don't expect it to be that cheap for the long term. I think within Good point. Two, yeah. the first two years, I think they jacked that up by three bucks, but they're going to get right. everybody on board. What did we say two years ago when we first started learning that Disney was going to have its own streaming service? Disney doesn't have a catalog that can fill a streaming service. It cannot keep subscribers subscribing for multiple years. People will tear through the content or they've already seen the content. They won't stick around. Well, the Fox merger changed all that. Now, it didn't. Warner Brothers is now in the situation where I don't think it has the content and the um, the vastness in its content to keep people in there, uh, to be, keep people subscribing month after month, year after year. They're going to have to do something special. And I think it's what you're talking about is, uh, which is kind of the point of this whole conversation, is making sure that Warner Brothers has full ownership of all of its properties and cutting ties where it's sharing its properties uh, because it's, it's trying to claim as much of the dollar out there as it can. But I honestly, I, I feel Warner Bros is just a little too late to the game. We kind of saw this with CBS. You know, I, I love CBS programming. I'll be the first one to say it. But I think when I think of Star Trek Discovery, I think that show should have been on CBS cable, not as the main flagship for that streaming service. It just showed again, too late to adapting of how that field is. You know, mm -hmm. if, if you're streaming five years ago, yeah, you're, you, you got in there, but now, if you're not part of this, you know, streaming service, you need to find the next thing. You need yeah. to find the next platform that's going to be relevant in 15 years. And you're going to have to innovate that way. And also, once the Disney streaming service announced, we had no idea they were going to be making Marvel original programming um, tied to the MCU, which I think is a huge seller. Right. And and also, if you're not too familiar with Disney, if you have kids, you are. Uh, the <laughs> Disney vault is going to be unlocked and everything is going to be on the streaming service. Ask yourself. Have you ever been able to find Cinderella, the original, or Seven or Snow White and the Seven Dwarves? No, you can't even buy the damn Blu-ray yeah, until no, every two Willie, years or one three of, years, of the right? First uh, Disney animated film ever. Yeah. yeah, it's so they're unlocking the vault. 
every Disney movie cartoon that they ever made is going to be on the streaming service. I mean, it's uh, my girlfriend is a huge Disney fan, loves all the Disney animated films, the classics from the 30s, the 40s, the 50s. All that stuff is going to be on there. It's dude for six nine nine, even a jacket up to ten bucks. That's still a killer deal. Right. I I pay. I don't know how much I pay for Netflix now. They keep on incrementally jacking up like a dollar or two, and you're like, ah, whatever. I pay right. for it, but. I'll tell you what, man, I can scroll. Yeah, who's been trying to Netflix and chill and you go three hours and you haven't found anything yet? Right, so <laughs> I tell I, 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 <laughs> I'm telling you, unless, unless there's something on that, you're like, I can maybe go stream that right now, you know, like Sabrina or something, you know, but typically you're like, God damn, how many documentaries? Oh, what's this? And then you're like, ah, that's not that good. I, you know, I sat through a show I watched. That was pretty good. It was, I think it's called The Order. Uh, they witches and they and werewolves fight each other. I think that's what it's called. But you know what? It was pretty good, man. You know, anytime I can get some weird shit like that, I'm down, man. Um, so let's let's get right to the main course right now. Uh, I don't know where you've been, but if you uh, been on social media uh, at all, shit, right. if you watch the news at all, um, Star Wars celebration happened, man. And it went hard, dude. They went hard like the first day to the very last day. Our man, David, luckily was there on site. Uh I was lucky enough to stream it at work and watch everything real time. I, I told people straight up, man. I told the dude next to me, he sits next to me. I said, hey, man, they're about to drop, drop the episode nine trailer. He goes, oh, shit, ain't nothing getting done today. I was like, you're right. <laughs> Nothing's getting done. Today. I think it was Friday or was, yeah. it, was it Thursday, Friday. David? Did it start? Yeah, Friday. Friday. So I was like, and thank God they streamed it because I'm trying to remember last time if they streamed the entirety of uh, Star Wars Celebration. They didn't stream the entirety of it, but what they showed you was uh, – there were two panels, so the Mandalorian and, and, and Episode Nine were shown, brought, streamed live in real time. Everything else was record, recorded and released a few hours later. So you got to right. give the people paying the money to be at Celebration. You got to validate yeah. them spending the money to go there. So they should okay, get it first. Yeah. But, Before we um, get started, Dave, yeah. build yeah. us up to what it took you to get to Star Wars Celebration. Like this was a year in the planning for you. Is this uh, yeah. when you said you were going to this? You grab you and your boy went, and you had it all planned out, like. You know, like it was a little foreplay on what it takes to get there and, and everything that you expected. Well, I'm a firm believer in foreplay. Yeah, it's it's about right. a journey. You got to get there. It's the right. journey and how you get there. Yeah. Um, you know, it, it has been a it's a been a year plan because uh, we've we've only been doing the show for two years. In case right. you don't know, Beyond the Blast Doors is a thing that I started uh, two Aprils ago. And when we found out that it was going to be in Chicago, we immediately started having that conversation. Listen, it's never going to be closer to where we're at, so we have yeah. to go. And we always joke about how we're the only ones in the Midwest doing a show like this anyway. So, like, we need to go. Right. Uh, so we just well, you're we just based out of where Kansas or Kansas City or where are you? We're about two hours north of St. Louis, Missouri. St. Louis right. on, okay. the, on the Illinois side. So, okay. um, you well, know, we not too far from Chicago, right? I meant uh, four and a half hours. We took the oh, train. Okay. Nice Amtrak drive, and that's uh, fine. It was great, and we we you know we decided we were going to take our you know our pins and. Uh, we're going to go up there and, and, and meet some folks and uh, really proud that we were able to get ourselves there. You know, we had a conversation about, you know, budgeting as far as, you know, uh, between, you know, take home and Patreon and, and, and right. X, Y, and Z. Uh, we were able to make it happen. Uh, we weren't able to make the BD passes happen this year, but was able to get um, a couple of, of bonus, you know, access spots, which was like a real surprise. So we, we are very thankful for our experience. I think Daniel Kennedy and his team with Lucasfilm did a great job. Uh, with this event, I think that there's a few things that can be tweaked, but when you're organizing an event for tens of thousands of people and for it to go as smoothly as it did, 
Uh, you got to give two thumbs up. I'm thinking like a hundred thousand easily. That's what I think over the uh, full event, easily over a hundred grand. That's my guess. Uh, at least yeah. when I went to in Anaheim, dude, it was just a sea of bodies, and it was just all. It was all, all love. And before we get any further, man, my little soapbox about this is the Star Wars celebration, if you watched it, even watched it from afar, watched it online, it was all love. And a lot of times for those who spend too much time or a lot of time on social media, it's the, how do I say this? Um, the anonymous voices are the loudest voices. The mm -hmm. angriest voices are the loudest voices, right? the anti-Star Wars backlash voices are always the loudest. When you love something, nobody goes to the top of the mountain and proclaims your love because people will laugh at you because it's corny, right? But you know what? The Star Wars celebration, everybody was there and they were positive, man. And so that's why, you know, it's loud, negative voices are always loud because you know why? Misery loves company. Say what you right. will. I mean, mm -hmm. we all of us on this panel love Star Wars. We're a little bit mm -hmm. older than David. So we, you know, I was born in 71 you know, 77, 80, 83. That's the original trilogy for me. Some grew up on the prequels. Some grew up on the cartoons. But they all tie us together from even our family. Uh, some of us, our dad showed us to it. So, you know, I mean, you know, if you like to me, I love I really like The Last Jedi. I like them more than The Force Awakens. And and to be honest with you, I like Rogue One better than both of them. But I love them all equally. You know what I'm saying? They're, I, to me, they're great. They just build on this mythology that we've had. And it's mythos, not mythos, Otto. Just kidding. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Sorry, TiVo. Yeah, so it was nice to see. And, uh, and for all the people that just you know made people, these actors who had got these dream jobs that they had, and they were harassed online to the point where they had to leave, one of the best moments of the show, there was two. And I'll talk about it now. The, during the episode nine panel, I, I watched the entire panel. They had Kathleen Kennedy on there. They had J.J. Uh, Abrams. He brought out the entire cast, everybody except for Kylo. Um, and uh, Tico Rose, Mary, Kelly Marie Tran got the loudest applause out of everybody on that panel, hands down. Uh, another great moment was the Sunday, or was a Monday that they had the, they actually did the 20th anniversary of The Phantom Menace. Monday. They brought out Jar Jar Binks last, the actor who played him, who's, oh my God, he almost committed suicide. He was in a dark depression after he did his character. He got a standing ovation at Star Wars. Yeah. Right? I mean, that's that's got it. That's to see, that's those are the true Star Wars fans that show up at Star Wars Celebration. You didn't hear anybody booing. You heard people online right. complaining. There was a guy, somebody retweeted this guy did a Star Wars, he did a live reaction to the trailer and he wept. And oh my God, that. his YouTube got blown up by all the haters making fun of him, blah, 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 blah. And you know what? I'll tell you right now, man, I saw it at work and I was emotionally invested in it. And when I saw the trailer, I was like wiping my eyes, man. I was at work and I saw, you know why? Because I saw the entire uh, episode nine panel, an hour building up to it, all the questions that J.J. Abrams answered and Kathleen Kennedy and all the actors. So when they showed the trailer, it was like something, it was like part of, it was like I was almost there. And David, correct me if I'm wrong, but did they not show the trailer live outside the panel too? Because I saw it, I saw a reaction video where they showed it on these big screens on the convention floor. Is that correct? Right. So what you have is an arena where you have I don't know ten thousand people maybe inside of there watching the panel like they're live. But we also had the Star Wars show live stage that was inside McCormick, and so you probably had five thousand. Um, good God, you might have had five or ten or fifteen thousand because. You had the stage, and then you just had everybody crowded around it, and they 
they, I was watching this staff person fighting off dudes because they had to keep a pathway open to be ADA compliant and got, guys were trying to bypass the staff person, um, <laughs> trying to get closer up to it. But yeah, we were able to watch it all live in that moment together. So, you know, the oh, whole for the explain to those who maybe saw it on the stream but there was i think a uh where the star wars um live show is and they had like a, a a kind of a catwalk where they were doing a lot of the interviews this was outside the panel it was that yeah, that's right the star wars middle live show. of the floor or outside the panel room where was that yeah so i mean if you just think of the main building as a square right in the middle is like this tower where the food court is and then on the one side of that uh, is is the Star Wars show's live stage. And that's where you saw the Blastors open up. There's a catwalk. They would have interviews there. You know, I know that the Kelly Marie Tran applause in the arena was loud, but when they brought her out about an hour later to be on the Star Wars show, uh, the live stream, let me tell you, that place might have had half of the people around in the immediate area. It was louder. Pregnant. It was just dope. See. I'm going to get that girl pregnant. <laughs> wow. <laughs> Lord's alarm box in that oven right there. But uh, anywho, um, so let's talk about the news that dropped. And we're going to get to episode nine last. We're going to kind of do in order of, I don't know, I wouldn't say importance, but almost kind of the exact opposite because they did episode nine first, the Mandalorian. Oh, actually, the Mandalorian news. Uh, now I think about it, that news dropped on um, during Disney's uh, presentation, right? Mm -hmm. uh, during Disney's investor call, they talked about the Mandalorian. And what was, and we'll talk about what I'm really, really looking forward to is the final season of Clone Wars. That panel was awesome. If you don't know who Dave Filoni is, Dave Filoni is one of the most knowledgeable people on Star Wars mythos outside of George Lucas. Maybe. Dave Filoni, the guy in the cowboy hat that you always see him, he did all those Rebels, he did Clone Wars, and they had a panel and they showed online during the live panel, he showed at least uh, four different clips uh from the clone wars uh the upcoming final season ashoka looked badass let me david i want to ask you specifically you're our resident star wars expert what is the name of the engineering uh, genetically engineered um clone troopers that are coming out for season nine they all have a subset of powers they they oh, he gave me name but i yeah. forgot what the name was the the bad batch yeah, the yes. bad bat. These guys really? they showed a clip of them fighting off of battle droids and they look badass so they're uh, different from the regular clone troopers where they're each of them are genetically tweaked i guess to especially okay. like one guy is super strong one guy has you know good aim or something like that but i is that are they called the bad batch david yeah and so what they are is it's the idea that these clones weren't perfectly created so they weren't a balanced clone they had traits that were significantly you know stronger than the others they're unbalanced and so instead of getting rid of them they create this bad batch and they you know they they complement each other, you know. They they make you know this clone over here makes up for this guy over here. We don't. Right. I don't believe we have character names, but they look great. I, I I think it's interesting. When I first saw this, I thought I, I thought of Scar Squadron that we know of uh, in the Star Wars comic books, which are these modified uh, stormtroopers that the Empire had. They were like a tactical force, about five or six of them that they go around and they do these special ma uh, special missions. And it it kind of reminded me of that, but I think in this case it works for me a lot better. Um, with this idea of, you know, individually, these clones would not be able to operate, but together they can be successful. And they didn't just take on like five or six droids in this clip. They took on like 200 and a tank. Yeah. I mean, it, it was pretty, pretty badass fun. footage. If you haven't seen the footage of, uh, go out and seek it. Cause it's all up on star Wars, uh, website. And 
what's cool is we get to revisit like Anakin and a there's a really cool clip that he also showed where Ashoka is basically invited back into um, the group, right? So Anakin brings her back to uh, what's the head, uh, what's his name? The head clone. Uh, Rex. Rex. Captain Rex, the 501st. Yeah. And the yeah. and there's their squadron all painted their helmets into uh, Ahsoka's color, kind of that orange and white, and they invited her back. Because remember, at, at the end of Clone Wars, when they never got to finish it, Ahsoka left the Jedi Order. She felt they were being too hypocritical about some stuff. And then what's f interesting is Dave Filoni said during the panel that, you know, she, you know, act, and the actress as well, Ashley, whatever, Next you know time. her name. Time. She said she had to transition from Rebels Ashoka, which was more adult and grown up, back to young Ashoka, who was Anakin's Padawan. And so we're going to get this, you know, revisit that whole thing because, you know, we kind of thought, ah, oh, we're not ever going to see kind of young Anakin and Obi Wan again and Darth Maul. Right. Yeah. Sam, what? Yeah. yeah. Very so, good. Very good. who was the guy that plays uh, who was on the panel? The young actor? I, I kept on seeing him. He you was had, on that. You had Sam Witwer, who's the voice, but Ray yeah. Park was the original body. Yeah. So, yeah, what's yeah. cool is here's an cool. Ray Park is doing a mocap suit for his scenes in the Clone Wars. So when you're seeing Darth Maul fighting, that's Ray Park wearing a full bone motion. Digitized. And they never did that for any of the previous shows. Well, I think a constant complaint of the series, I, it wasn't a constant complaint, but I think one of the weaker elements of Clone Wars was that the, the dueling, while there was a lot of lightsabers, the dueling was fairly simple. And now you're going to capture, you know, Ray Park, who is, you know, since Phantom Menace is now this world-renowned ta renowned talent for his sword fighting and his martial arts, mixed martial arts. So I'm really excited about it. I'm just excited in the fact that you've got a leap in about what, seven, eight years of the increase of technology. So they've re they've done, um, I don't want to call it re-rendering, but it's like a more detailed skin to the show. So it's finer detail. They were talking about in the panel how they've taken the clones and they've reconstructed the face just a little bit. So like they emote more. Yeah. Um, and well, so also, I think that's pretty cool. That's interesting you bring that up because if you think about Rebels, the actual lightsaber fighting in is really good. Like when Ashoka fought uh, Darth Vader, you yeah. know, one of the biggest scenes in all of Star Wars, I think, is, you know, when Ashoka threw down with them in Rebels. So. If you guys don't remember, Clone Wars kind of ended without it being able to complete the story because it started it kinda, on Cartoon Network and then went yeah. to... Uh, nope, got canceled. Got yeah. canceled. But remember, it started on Cartoon Network and then went to Disney XD, right? Yeah. And then I think the last it, season I, was on Netflix, actually. Yeah, the last season was on yeah. Netflix. It never was on right. Disney XD. It was only Rebels that was on Disney XD because that was right. the Disney property that they created. Yeah, right. so, so it's it cool was that all over they, the place. Yeah, Dave Filoni finally gets to complete the story and uh, yet something else that's going to be on Disney streaming service. So um, let's talk about a little something called The Mandalorian. Jesus. Let's uh, well, actually, talk about before this. we talk about this, this, is a good segue, though. In the uh, and David, you may know this because I don't know if it actually happens in the EU or not of Disney or Mar excuse me, Star Wars. The. It looks like the climactic scene of this last season of Clone Wars is going to be the Siege of Mandalore. Now, mm. from what I understand, isn't this is the Siege of Mandalore was I, I kind of swore this is this story has been told somewhere else before. So there's a Soka novel. Uh, E.K. Johnson wrote the Ahsoka novel a couple of years ago, and there's references early on to this duel between um, Ahsoka and Maul. Uh, and then they reference the Siege of Mandalore quite a bit. And We've heard quite a bit about the Mandalorian. Now, Mandalorian Wars was like yeah, an Mandalorian thing. Wars they talked about in Rebels, yeah. Yeah. Um, but, you know, we've had these references built upon it. But when you, I believe, if I, if my memory is right, and I haven't had a time to go back to E.K. Johnson's book, but I'm pretty sure a line from that in Maul was, 
what are, uh, you know, I was expecting Kenobi, what are you doing here? Those are, la those are the last words you hear Maul say in that teaser for Clone Wars. In the, in the trailer, he, you hear him yeah, say that yeah. to Ahsoka. So there's some continuity there. I'm really excited because I, I think if, if you're not a real canon junkie, if you don't go exploring the comics or the books, something that's worth your time if you're a Clone Wars fan, one, Dark Disciples, which is uh, their first attempt at continuing Clone Wars after it was canceled. It talks about Asajj Ventress. Um, and what she does after season six, that, that the Netflix episodes. Uh, but also this Ahsoka novel, because you get these flashbacks to her duel with Maul, how she creates her lightsabers uh, that you see in Rebels. So really two good reads there to check out. I was really hoping for Ahsoka to show up in the uh, movies, because I think her arc really fleshed itself out well in um, in. Uh, rebels and you got to figure she can't be i mean she could be i mean maybe she ages differently being that she's an alien or something but man i would love to see her um appear in the movies man just to have kind of a tie to something maybe in episode nine or something like that because you know she and like i said man whenever when the first episode of clone wars showed up in the theaters right remember that they released it as a like an hour and a half movie nine minute mm -hmm. movie and people were annoyed as fuck with ashoka because she was like this little kid people forgot that this is an animated movie for kids guys that's not right you know, that's what it started that. off at night you know stuff like that but she grew as a character and great storytelling props to dave filoni on clone wars and on rebels man you know dave filoni i mean i can't wait to see what else he's going to be doing now that disney has their own streaming service so that is our segue to the mandalorian holy cow if you ever wanted star wars as a western well you know kind of george lucas kind of made star wars as a western slash akira kurosawa type thing right that if you notice there's a lot of references to maybe gunfighting like han solo and then to uh samurai like because they said luke skywalker was tied these movies the flash pulps uh, from the 30s and 40s, like, you know, Flash, you know, I'm talking about Flash Gordon and Akira, Akira Kurosawa really molded George thinking of what he wanted to do with this giant space epic. So the Mandalorian looks freaking great. Otto, what did you think about the footage you saw? Did you, did you see the bootleg footage? Yes, I can't stop watching it. My God. <laughs> so, David, so, I don't know if you were that somebody leaked it. Somebody recorded that whole thing on their phone. It hasn't been taken down yet. It's still on YouTube, but it looks yeah, that's crazy. I just want to dwell deep into uh, my Star Wars geekism. There was a game, uh, there was a card game when, when Pokemon and Yu-Gi-Oh! came out years ago. There was a game called Star Wars, and it was made by a company called Decipher. And it was a collectible trading card game that you could actually play. And I played this game for hours and hours, and the characters... There were multi different. There was lots of different characters, and there was lots of bounty hunters that you really forgot about from Java's Palace. That you only saw one version of, like Bane Maller, um, you you know the the Tonica sisters from the Cantina. So all these characters were actually playing cards that you could use as characters. And then to see you know um, the Mandalorian and the the idea that you're in cantinas with all these different bounty hunters, and to see IG88 finally come to life with what he could do just i can't stop watching it i've watched it like three or four times and you know listening to the interview with john Favreau, don't know, do you want to explain or describe who ig88 is okay so ig88 was an assassin droid he was a droid that i almost went sentient david am i saying that right um well sentient yeah but i don't want to burst your bubble but it's not ig88 it's not first black mask god damn auto sorry okay all right. Well, to see an assassin droid to do something like that to me would just be absolutely awesome with the, the abilities and stuff like that. 
And the fact that Favreau, Favreau if I'm saying it properly, Favreau, then yeah. Disney has invested so much money. You're talking $10 million an episode, right? Is yeah. that the number that we're talking about? Like, and do that. first-rate directors. Taika Waititi is recording one of the episodes as well. Right. So, uh, also, when, uh, some other cats, but they got some really top grade directors to be doing. They ain't fucking around. This is, this is, you know, Star Wars. This is one of their giant, you know, properties. They're not messing around with this now that they have full control of it. Okay. Well, oh, quick shout out to also, uh, though, Discovery Bay Comics for the $5 super chat. Check out Discovery oh, Bay Comics, go. the online TV guide for a comic book and YouTube goodness. Let me shout out other people too, since we got so enthralled in this conversation. Alex Comic Hoarder, what's up, man? Bobblehead Rob uh, says, Dream come true for this old Star Wars fan. A Star Wars series, then it's The Mandalorian. Hell yeah. And I think we all can say that. Uh, JLS Comics, hone it down with the wrench. High Road Comics, once again, Gorilla Grodd. Azaban, uh, Steven Spock. Hey, we'll let you slide, even though you got Spock in your name. He's throwing up. They got a little tracky jumping in there. That's all right. <laughs> uh, Brick Hunter, what's Someday going we'll on? talk about Discovery. Uh, Gomez, a comic collector. What's up, brother? John Wayne, 45, uh, any master, everybody in the live chat. So go ahead. I just wanted to say hello and acknowledge Discovery Bay Comics, but go ahead, man. Right. No, I just wanted to say, you know, um, growing up as a kid in the, in the 70s and 80s, Boba Fett was the quintessential bad guy, right? He had the armor that could do almost anything. And now that we're bringing the Mandalorians and the Mandalores to, um, to the big screen like they did in, you know, Star Wars Rebels and they talk about that stuff. To me, this is just, um, just fantastic, fantastic writing. And for a Star Wars geek that I am, just to see all this stuff come to life would be fantastic. Although I'd like to know a little bit more about this assassin droid if it's not IG-88, but I'm ready to hear what, I know Justin's watched the uh, trailer as many times as I have, Justin, right? And yeah, I mean, I, I, you know, definitely. I, I'm a big bounty hunter fan. I mean, uh, I mean, this goes all the way back from like the, the video games. I mean, I was a big fan of the Star Wars bounty hunter game. I just liked the whole idea that you weren't a Jedi. And I mean, Mandalore just, everything the the i was a big fan of uh clone wars so that whole boba fett story arc with like him and bosk and the other bounty hunters was just cool to see so you got the more expansion you get away from you know you got away from the rebellion you get away from the empire it's all about you know just the nothing but bounty hunters. So, david, you know, but I yeah. Don't know, yeah david i don't know if you'll agree with this but i think uh as a primer before watching the mandalorian they should watch the entire uh, run of rebels because they really talk about the Mandalorians a lot because one of the main yes. characters of Mandalorian and and I'm thinking if maybe perhaps because this is takes obviously takes place uh, before the Mandalorian Wars right whereas two factions of the Mandalores basically you know tore them apart right I mean they were yeah, civil war one yeah one civil war and it's alluded to a lot in um, in not only rebels but if you think about it Rogue One. The Black Saber. The Black Saber is what would you call the Black Saber in the Mandalorian lore? Is it like a symbol of uh, power or stream of leadership? It's the, leader, it's, the, it's the leader of the culture. Yeah. But also, don't be dismissive of the Clone Wars because the Clone Wars is where we get Pre Vizsla, which was voiced by yeah. John Favreau, who's obviously in charge at the helm of this this show, this um, TV show. And don't forget that the person that's directing the first episode is Dave Filoni. Yeah. So you want to ask why we haven't seen Ahsoka live? I think it's because you haven't seen Ahsoka Otano live action because John Favreau is protective of that character, and it is known that if that character is utilized, he has to be consulted before that character is used. He's now getting an opportunity to direct live action. If we don't see Ahsoka Tano in this Mandalorian somewhere, and it would sync up because we know after Return of the Jedi, at the end of Rebels, she teams up with Sabine, to go looking for Ezra Bridger who jumped to hyperspace with Thrawn, right? right. So we know that time-wise, 
she could theoretically appear somewhere in this series but if not it's gonna be his next project because after this i think this is his training ground to do live action he knocks out of the park they're gonna give him a movie i would not be surprised it would be uh something with ahsoka but um I, what there's is just the, a lot of reasons like we five thrill. years what is yeah, the timeline we, this is five years after return of the jedi this is five years after return of the jedi so this falls in line okay. with what we know through rebels this falls in right. line with the uh chuck wendig aftermath uh, aftermath trilogy of books uh, aftermath empires and, and I, I'm spacing on the on the oh life debt was the second one so it, it, it's all right in there so there's a lot of different ways that it can go it's all uh, connected so, on you guys getting the motherfucking wars knowledge with David from Beyond the Blasters if you're not following David subscribe to him Beyond the Blasters on YouTube on his Twitter which is Twitter is really hard to find because he uh, initiated the Beyond B, <laughs> B at, at first I was talking, yeah yeah so I was like did Beyond the Blaster was already taken as a Twitter handle. Well, I, it's too many characters. Oh, so okay. Yeah, that's true. Because Lords of Longbox, I actually had to make Longbox one word, but Longbox is two words, boys and girls, just in case you didn't know. Um, <laughs> so, you know, it's man, it's just so incredible right now to be a Star Wars fan. And, you know, and, you know, normally we're talking mostly comic books in this channel, but we also have a love of the wars, pretty much all geek culture. And, you know, Star, you know, Star Wars started this shit, son. You know, say what you will. But, man. Mandalorian stuff looks great. And Pedro Pascal is a fantastic actor, man. If you don't know who he is, uh, he's done. He was on the actually the last uh, Statesman movie. He was on there too. He was acting as a cowboy. But if you remember, he was also on the seasons of uh, Narcos or Narcos on Netflix. Pedro Pascal, great actor. Um, and how, I don't know how we've gone this far without saying it because she's fine as a motherfucker. But Gina Carano looks bad ass Gina's she's gonna be a rebel long shooter like a former rebels uh sharpshooter i think that's an awesome storyline for a character in the show and there's a click a clip of her real quick they have not released a lot of these clips on the internet yet like they did for the uh clone wars but there's a clip of her doing a little mixed martial arts action in the star wars universe how badass is that forget about ronda rousey no acting wrestling wannabe ass gino carano is the real deal she is hot as a motherfucker so carl got, weathers that stole that panel though and apollo creed out. is in it too that's right our man apollo creed is in motherfucking star wars he walked out there and he gets to his spot at the the dais and he he's just i want you i want you i want you and it, the whole place <laughs> just erupts goes crazy i mean you had everyone's like uh uh guy turned uh next to me and goes Balbo, you acting like a damn fool like it was just like, it was so fun <laughs> you know what they gotta do is they gotta get arnold schwarzenegger on the Mandalorian, and they do that iconic handshake from the Predator. Remember, uh, yeah, Paul Green, the they the go down and it's like all glistening, oiled up muscles and shit. So, yeah. hey, we got like 15 minutes left. Let's talk about it. Episode nine. In case you didn't know, the title is "The Rise of Skywalker." The trailer dropped, and I gotta admit, being that this trailer didn't show much, it showed a lot, and it, the music, everything, it was just yeah. swept up in the moment. I have some theories. I'm going to throw them at David. Maybe we'll throw a couple of theories at David. First of all, The Rise of Skywalker, the title, I think is not indicative of anything. It's more of a reflection of the entire Skywalker story. It's not pointing to Ray's heritage, although J.J. Abrams did come out and say that Ray's heritage will be addressed. Mark Hamill came out today and said... No, Luke Skywalker did not die a virgin. But at this point, I think Mark Hamill is just trolling everybody because he was like saying, what are they going to do? Fire me? This is my last movie, right? So what do you think? First of all, guys, what do you guys think about this? the title, The Rise of Skywalker? Something? Nothing? An homage? Um, I think it's a culmination of nine of nine movies. 
Yeah. You know, I think it's a culmination of putting everything together. I, I watched a trailer. I did my first trailer reaction video on the three minute and I talked about how this is, you know, this is, I saw when I was, you know, in 19, I was seven years old when I saw it, it's taken me 35 years to go, you know, or actually 30, geez, I'm older than that, but it's taken me all this time to come to the ending of this and just to see this finally, the Skywalker name just finally end and just to see what happens. So I just can't get it over. I can't get enough of it too. It's just, I'm so geeked out on Star Wars right now. It's unbelievable. I mean, I'll jump in real quick. I mean, uh, for me, I, it, it's, it's definitely been an amazing journey, especially from seven, eight and nine. I mean, I'm, I'm younger than you guys. Dave, how old are you? 20, uh, 27 as of last Tuesday. All right. Hey, you know, I'm only 36. So, I mean, for me, Star Wars started with, you know, on a VHS tape. I remember, you know, watching it on, you know, my parents got it for me for Christmas, the, the THX versions. So, mm -hmm. I mean, I'm younger than Tim and, and Everett. So, I mean, I'm younger than these guys. I don't remember in the movies, but I mean, Star Wars was always a good thing just to pop in and, and play. And I mean, I've, I'm telling you right now, David, your show is pretty much brought me back into the mix of, you know, Star Wars as far as the lore. I mean, I was, you know, I'm, I'm a big fan, but I'll tell you, I love watching your show on, on Sundays. So, you know, thank you guys. Guys, check him out. Definitely. But uh, yeah, I mean, Rise of Skywalker, guys. This is so, amazing. I don't want to show you guys what he's oh, doing. That's what I got. I Those have the bad. original. Dude, I bought this yes. and I still have it. This I is the yeah, right. this is the THX Mastered. They're I don't perfect. know what the hell I'm going to play them in. Right. <laughs> I have a VCR. I'm gonna break uh, mine out. I've got them somewhere. But it was dope when it came out. I mean, it's they're uh, they're in mint condition. But you know what? <laughs> these are one of those things where I watched the shit out of these when they came out, man. Because oh, you know, yeah, uh, right. before, now I have them all on Blu-ray. I have them on DVD. I got them on every other thing. The one thing I'm trying to get is one of the only sources you can get to find the original uncut movies is the trilogy on Laserdisc. Uh, the Laserdisc and something else was the. Uh, you uh, and the last time I seen it, I held one in person. Was the Empire Strikes Back? The laser disc has the original theatrical cut, uh, so this does not have the theatrical cut, unfortunately. Um, it's, so that's a theatrical cut, is, no, it, is it not? This, no, it doesn't. It still has because uh, it still has the uh, things that Lucas added to it, so it's still not the original cut. The original See, cut on, on my that copy, was before, yeah, those are before, the yeah, dude. Those, those aren't the special editions, those are the originals in your hand, man. The THX Mastered. Th yeah, those are yeah, those are yeah. absolutely those are the originals Tim. the best part how, of the all right well auction up let's go starting bid 20 no, i'm just kidding yeah no those are the originals bro those the, don't have the that the best yeah. part of the those vhs tapes in your hand is the fact that at the very beginning you have uh interviews with leonard malton and george lucas yes, right they're like three or four minutes and they're breaking down how he went about making the movies and what's next and even the one you want to watch is the one right before the Return of the Jedi because he speculates like where the story could go and he talks about going back and telling Anakin's story, but that's not for a while because the technology has to catch up. It's just awesome. It's just awesome stuff. Yeah. So um, I want to go to uh, in the actual footage itself, um, which uh, you know just goes to show you a lot of times they come out with things and you should pay attention to them. So one of the last scenes of uh, and we'll let everybody talk about this was the laughing of Palpatine. But right before that, there's a scene where all of them land on a planet and it looks like a the crash second Death Star. And this will start the speculation that Palpatine, I think, is a force ghost that's tied to that planet. Now, I'm gonna and then I'm going to give you some evidence to back this up. In the art of The Force Awakens, there was concept art that J.J. Abrams did not get to use in his film. 
That concept art shows Ray, who was known as, what was the original name of her character? Kiki, Riki, or something like that, right? It shows her swimming through uh, Palpatine's, uh, uh, where he sat on the throne in Return of Jedi, right? The throne room. Yeah. And it's submerged in water. That's from that crashed Death Star. And it's and there's an actual, I posted on the Lords of the Longbox Facebook page because I found it on a Reddit thread from like three, like when the book first came out, like four years ago, when The Force Awakens came out. Wow. And it, the book is called um, The Art of the, of the Force Awakens. Mm -hmm. And there's concept art that was never used. There's a submerged uh, Palpatine's whatever, his throne, throne room, room is submerged. And, re and the, the caption, I don't write off the top of my head, is the, the caption is, Ray goes diving for artifacts important to the force. So my guess is Palpatine is not physically alive, but his perhaps a ghost, a uh, uh, force ghost that's tied to the Death Star. What do you guys think? I, I think it's possible. I mean, you heard the laugh. You saw this. I mean, the, the Emperor is too big of a character not to bring in in the last episode of this entire thing. The Emperor was you know, always pulling the strings behind the scenes. Um, and he's gonna something is gonna happen, and that laugh was just very, very eerie. That was a great, you know, twenty five seconds of the Death Star and the laugh tying. I mean, let's face it, they are doing everything for a reason. Everything in that trailer was put there to tell you about something that could happen. I don't believe these are like you know things that are giving you misdirections. That stuff is there for a reason, and. I, it, he's too big of a character not to have, and that's all I have to say about that. So one more thing about um, uh, what I was just going to get about the Palpatine thing. If you watched it live, right after the trailer dropped and the crowd went nuts, the Ian McDermott actually came out on stage and he, and he, in his evil emperor voice, he goes, I, he, something to the effect of, play it again. And the crowd just lost their minds because if you, if you remember, right at the end of the trailer, you hear his laughing, and then he comes on stage with kind of added just tons of more speculation on it, you know, and then saying that Palpatine, but you know what? JJ Abrams is pretty famous for kind of hiding and misdirection and things that what's your theory on it, David? You're the, you're the expert here. What are your th theories on Palpatine in episode nine? I, I think for me, I think the Holocron is likely, but I also think of like world between worlds and rebels and thinking that, that there is maybe a way that, that Palpatine learned how to cheat death. I don't like the clone theory out there that like he was oh, a clone of himself. Awful. Yeah, that's and awful. the clone was on the Death Star. I don't, I don't buy into that, and I don't think the Holocron thing would work as well. Somehow he's gonna have to be there in spirit form, I think, uh, because I think now that you've teased, we haven't seen it, a dark side uh, Force ghost in Force the ghost. movies yet, have we? You've, we only... you, you've seen Darth Bane in the Clone Wars. That no, no, like in a movie, I meant in a, in a, in a live well, action no. movie. Yeah, no, you haven't. But also at the end of Return of the Jedi, George Lucas said that. The Emperor was dead. Yeah. Emperor is clearly not dead anymore. Right. Uh, so, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, 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 is still alive and working. Let the guy, you know, get a gig in there. You know, even if it's just, here's uh, one interesting thing also was about um, that Palpatine thing is, and I saw those theories about the clone. And if you remember back to the prequels, when Palpatine is talking to Anakin, right? And he says, uh, he refers to uh, Darth Plagueis as the one who figured out how to cheat death. And that what tricks Anakin into thinking that he can save, uh, uh, you know, pa uh, Padme from dying, right? right. Um, and so people are saying perhaps that is, he's referring to part Darth Plagueis learn how to cheat death. And then uh, 
Tharsidius, who is Palpatine, killed him, and he has that knowledge for himself, and he's been waiting, or maybe he's trapped in the Death Star. I don't know. It's but it's great to speculate this and not have it because this Star Wars episode nine, I mean, the title was held secret for so long, nobody even guessed it closely. Do you know of anybody who's guessed it, uh, David, on any of the internets? Someone who is trying to guess the title of Force Awakens uh, said uh, Star Wars Episode Seven: The Rise of Skywalker in like 2014. Okay, uh, okay. but that so, was just widely like guessing, like nothing out of. But that's a pretty good guess, though, right? Better guess than we had. Yeah. yeah what did you guess? Uh, I was I was very confident that it was going to be uh, Balance or Legacy of the Force based on yeah. uh, somebody who was kind of giving me uh, insight, but that insight was clearly oh, really? wrong. Do tell. Uh, what is this insight that you talk about, young no, well, the in, No, the, in, the insight was wrong. I mean, that, that's, yeah. you know, I, I was literally, and it, Legacy or Balance of the Force would have worked for me because, to me, that's a title where it, okay, maybe it doesn't grab you that great, but, you know, it culminates everything in the last nine years. I, I think that this, the, the whole, the rise of the Skywalker this is about Disney telling you as a consumer, this is the end of the Skywalker saga, and we're yeah. not touching these characters for at least the next 10 years. Right. This is the end. We've done it for 40 years. Um, and, and honestly, this was an uphill battle for them no matter what because I think there's a lot of fans who ultimately will be dissatisfied because this is kind of a left – this is kind of a tangent – to what George would have done. You know, a lot of people view this as fan fiction. There's and no way to please everybody with Snow. You can't There's do it. No you just can't do it. There's no way. Uh, and one more thing um, that I just read before we came online, Kathleen Kennedy uh, confirmed that they aren't working on the Knights of the Old Republic as well. Um, right. And so right. that com- that culmination with the news that we know the show writers, the showrunners of Game of Thrones is working on a Star Wars project. Holy shit. Knights of Old Republic, Game of Thrones? Is that is that what we're saying? Is that what we're saying? David, come well, on. We've been thinking that for a long time because it's convenient. It makes yeah. sense uh, to yeah. put those guys on that project. We also learned from Kathleen Kennedy that uh, Benioff and Weiss have been working pretty closely with Ryan Johnson, who she says together will form the next saga in the Star Wars story. So we are going to be ending this saga, which is the Skywalker saga, and whatever this new saga is, the next saga of films, I don't know if they'll be episodic. We, no one knows that right now, but the next saga will be produced with Benioff and Weiss writing the movies. Um, we don't know who's directing those movies. And then we know that Ryan Johnson has a trilogy of his own. All right. All yeah. I hope is it jumps a lot farther in the future so the technology can catch up to what they showed in the prequels, right? Because if you notice the last two films, they're back to using the technology of the that they use in the original prequels, right? Because right. I like they that, had, though. Yeah, well, you know what? I also like the original Atari stand-up Star Wars vector game, but I don't want to see it in a movie. You know what yeah, I'm saying? Yeah, good point. Good point, <laughs> David. I do want to, David. I do want to have this question for you because I know you've brought this up on Beyond the Blast Doors, and it's maybe a conversation we've actually had via text and stuff like that. But what Kylo dies a villain, dies redeem, becomes a good guy. It's Just redemptive. you know, what do you think is going to happen? I with think Kylo? it's redemptive. I yeah. think that the, the what you're seeing. <laughs> my, I mean, my gut tells me that they're going to redeem him, and my okay. gut tells me that he's going to somehow be involved in a future something. Okay. I really do think that Adam Driver, Daisy Ridley, and John Boyega are done with Star Wars after Episode Nine, at least I for agree. the foreseeable future. Right. But to me, it seems like I think they're going to redeem – the way I feel now, they're going to redeem him, and he will sacrifice himself. Yep. For the good of – just for the good, right? Uh-oh. Did we lose uh, David's audio? He might have stalled up a little bit. I don't know. There we All go. right. 
Well, uh, Justin, what do you think about Kylo? Dies a villain, dies a hero. My... Okay. We lost if you. We got to check to the Salvation hey, Army. David, uh, we lost you for about a good uh, twenty seconds or so. You want to just rewind for us a second? Yeah, I've said this on the show before. It's like if Hitler, despite killing thirty million people, if he writes a check to the Salvation Army, yes. he's not redeemed. <laughs> right, he's still right. a bad dude. <laughs> yes, at the first on so the like show, Kylo the Hitler Rose, Salvation yeah. Army reference on the uh, Lords of Lombok show, sponsored by Karis Comics, by the way, who we may lose as sponsor. I'm that's right. That's ahead. right. Kylo. He's just a bad dude. He's been part of this project that's destroyed not just millions or billions. He destroyed five freaking planets in the He in killed his Awakens. dad, yo. He yeah, killed Han right, Solo. Right. Yeah, Stop he... that. Stop that. Stop holding on to Han Solo. That's one dude. Yeah. He's killed five planets worth of people. No, but right, he's like, right. this dad dude is, is bad. Just so he can yeah. prove a point that he's got issues. But anyway, right. hey, we're pushing up right on the 7 o'clock hour. I want to thank David for coming on the show and talking uh, Star Wars. It was truly a true celebration. All of fandom was all there. It was great. Any last words, David? Yeah, just uh, check us out this Sunday. It won't be a live show because of Easter, but uh, episode 63, he is risen. Uh, the Rise of Skywalker will be an episode <laughs> nice. where we dive into uh, everything from Celebration. Oh, It'll be small bits. I think next week I'm going to do a live stream every morning um, and, and give you all my thoughts on all the, all the, all the big news. Uh, but check us out YouTube. We're at 880 subs. We're trying to get to that 1,000 nice. marker. So uh, help us out. Subscribe to us there. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram as well. All right. Thank you for coming on, David. Make sure you check out Beyond the Blast Doors. Any last words? Nemesis Prime, a.k.a. Justin, a.k.a. the wearing it. Oh, I love saying yeah, the word whore now that Game of Thrones is back. Thank everyone actually, you know, jumped on with us tonight. Thank you guys. I hope you guys got a lot of uh, Star Wars knowledge and a lot of Disney Plus stuff. David, you also just awesome jumping on tonight. So I want to thank you. And of course, you know, subscribe up to Three Men in the Basement. And of course, subscribe up to Beyond the Blast Doors. Don't forget to subscribe to Lords of Longbox too. <laughs> right. Otto, what's up? Say your last words, yeah. man. Yeah, man, I'm going to sign off. This was a great show, real culmination of everything that we've been talking about all weekend and watching on videos. Three Men in the Basement is going live this Friday night. We've got a special guest star, Big Easy from the NY Warriors, is going to jump on with us. I've got a um, sideshow, my first sideshow collectible statue that I'm going to unbox. Um, I have my boy Roger's got some big pulls. Uh, Nemesis Prime is out of town, so he will be joining us. So Big Easy's going to jump in. So, of always, you know, check that out. Check out our site. Uh, Justin dropped a few videos. I did my first reaction video to Star Wars Episode Nine, The Rise of Skywalker. And as always, thank you for supporting Lords of the Long Box, Three Men in the Basement, Beyond the Blast Doors. You guys, this is the best stuff going on YouTube right now. I mean, this stuff is fantastic. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, everybody, for joining us once again. Uh, we didn't have quite as many viewers because, you know, we, were, we deviated a little bit. But we always promised you guys, as soon as uh, Episode Nine was dropping, we were going to do a show dedicated to it. And we uh, and hopefully David will have us on his show so we could talk a little bit about the wars because uh, we'd be more than happy to join as long as it's not some crazy hours like 10 a.m. on a Sunday. <laughs> but, <laughs> hey, you, can't, you can't invite yourself on a show and then complain about the show, Tom. Uh, yeah, right. okay. Hero needs his duty right. sleep. Yeah, so hey, uh, right after this, go check out uh, Comic Core Unlimited. They got a live show right after ours, so they're going to talk about a lot of comic book goodies. Uh, thanks to everybody in the live chat for joining us. Johnny Boy said, "We're screw gun." High Road Comics said, "I should have five thousand to ten thousand subs." I agree. Uh, so if you want to buy those subscribers from me, I appreciate it. Uh, David seeking the American comics always a perv as usual, talking nasty in the live chat. Uh, Alex Comic Order, thanks for stopping by. JLS Comics, thanks for holding down the live chat. Bobblehead, Rob H Town, everybody. Mastodon Comics and Collecting, Rudy Sanchez, Adi Ruzel. I can never say his name. Totally off subject. How do I get a large of the long box shirt? We are working on that, 
and very very soon you'll be able to get it just with an online click but i'm i'm very i'm very tied to my original og shirts they were done with great quality so i want to make sure that you guys if you buy one online get the same straight quality shirt so i'm not going to sign off the normal way till next time boys and girls may the force be with you always peace, peace. and digging up my boxes <laughs>